and welcome to another episode of Enchanting Economics in New Mexico. This podcast is a production of Beaver, the recognized expert in socioeconomic data for the state of New Mexico. I'm host Rayanne McKernan and Sarun Lytel, and with us today is sociology professor and co-chair of UNM's 2020 Complete Count Committee, Dr. Nancy Lopez. Nancy, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for inviting. It's a pleasure. So we're in the home stretch, right? It's it's September 1st, and the last day to submit your self-response is September 30th. I see that as of yesterday, or two days ago, August 30th, the national self-response rate was 65%, and New Mexico's was about 55 56%. I saw in 2010, the state's self-response rate was 60%. Are, are we in danger of not getting to at least match the 2010 rate? Absolutely, um, for a number of reasons. As you know, this pandemic public health crisis has created more barriers in terms of accessing people who would ordinarily receive the census form because they have PO boxes. And of course the delivery was delayed. Um, for that reason, but also because the deadline was cut by a month. Um, originally, the deadline was extended to October 31st, but the current administration decided that they would truncate that deadline till September 30th. So, of course, now we have even less time to deal with having an accurate count of every single person, regardless of citizenship status in the state. Wow. And so, as I mentioned, you are the co-chair of the UNM 2020 Complete Committee. Uh, for those who don't know what that is, can you tell us about what the Complete Count Committee is and what your mission is or what your goals are to do? Yes. So, along with a number of other co-chairs, including um, students and undergraduates, um, we've been working feverishly for the last year to um, convene a group of people who would help us think about strategies to increase the complete count. We've held press conferences in the fall of 2019. We've also had raffles, one that's actively going on if you're interested in participating and you can demonstrate that you've mobilized three to five to 10 people on your social media or contacting your neighbors, you can enter a raffle. And for more information, you can visit the website race.unm.edu. And we also try to reach out to staff, to students. The one thing I will say is that if you are a UNM student and you live or lived in the dorms in the spring of 2020, then you were already counted through another mechanism. Um, and that is called group quarters. And, but the vast majority of our students, um, over 80% do not live on campus. So they do have to fill out their individual um, or you know household census form. So the, the big purpose of the Complete Count Committee is to ensure that we count every single New Mexican and specifically in our case, every single person that is affiliated with the University of New Mexico and beyond including staff, students, and faculty. Yeah, I, uh, I attended the press conference you guys had uh, back in the beginning of March, and you guys had talked about how you were planning this big block party in the 1st of April, and you know there had been mention of the raffle, which by the way, I didn't realize was still going on, so I will be posting about that on our social media pages. But um, 
I feel gyps. We didn't get the block party. Coronavirus. <laughs> Absolutely. It was a huge disappointment, but at the same time, we became creative and did live streaming via Zoom. And we had a spoken word artists. We had um, students talking from their own lived experience, um, community members. So we actually have that video also archived on race.unm.edu. If you quit, if you click um, Census 2020, you'll find all of the activities we've done. We've done radio programs. We have um, done interviews for the Daily Lobo, and we try always um, to reach out to KUNM programs. And um, we've also done bilingual talks. I did a TEDx talk in Spanish. Um, that really talked about the civil rights use of this data. So how important it is to answer the race question so that we have data on whether or not particular groups of people are experiencing inequities when they go vote or housing, etc. Yeah. Um, well, and since one of your areas of expertise is sociology, um, let's talk about representation derived from the census, if you don't mind. Um, the that you know the most thought of example i think people think of would be proportional representation derived from state population you know we get a number of our seats for the u.s house of representatives as well as a number for the elect electoral college votes uh from census tabulations um but what else is there uh, you know you, you start to mention that what are some of the other factors in our society that are decided based on population output? So the first thing that I'll say is that the census is a enumeration that happens once every 10 years. So a lot of people might confuse it with the American Community Survey, which is a survey, right? It's not a full count. The census is a full count. And that full count is the basis of allocating seats in the House of Representatives. It's also the basis of allocating funding for each and every state and that denominator is so important that it's often used to determine state legislative representation but also municipal and the list goes on and on and on so it's incredibly important that we get an accurate count there is no citizenship question again i will repeat and it is incredibly important that we count all children all people that are um, seniors senior citizens, everyone needs to be counted. So money is policy. And if we don't have an accurate count of the number of people that we have residing in our state, we will not only lose money, we will lose representation in Congress, state legislature, and municipal governments and beyond. It's also important to note that there has been an attempt to delete quote unquote non-citizens from the voting redistricting that will happen with the census data. And this is what sociologists would call a racist racial project, because it's uh, the definition and interpretation of racial dynamics that's allocating resources in a way that is creating oppression and um, inequities for uh, particularly communities of color and um, indigenous nations, et cetera, et cetera. Can you also speak um, to the ways in which different groups historically uh, have been undercounted and and why that is? And, and also maybe how has COVID impacted counting different groups of people? Without a doubt, we can look at the origins of the census as one that did not count everyone initially. Um, there are many of us who were only considered three-fifths of a person, um, as was the case with enslaved 
Africans in this country, but since the civil rights movement and efforts for racial justice and civil rights, we've used these data again to fight for voting rights, to fight for fair housing, to fight and struggle for um, justice and employment and educational opportunities. So there are ways in which the data have been used in ways that are oppressive, but there are ways that they, this data also are used to fight for justice and, and liberty for all. So the COVID um, challenge that we have now, the COVID-19 challenge has meant that particularly those communities most adversely impacted because of high rates of um, uh, infection or um, the, the ruckus that's happening with housing and so many people who are losing their housing and employment, that has just created more and more barriers in terms of responding and also um, having people actually come and uh, do the door-to-door enumeration. And again, I will point out that about 18% of our households in New Mexico and in some other rural states as well, did not actually receive a form because they had a PO box and the Census Bureau is prohibited from delivering any census form to a PO box. So that meant that um, the efforts to uh, deliver even forms did not happen until um, it was safe enough for census workers to start knocking on doors which again um, presented another challenge. So there's many challenges, but there's also still time. And so please think of five to 10 people, particularly those who may not um, be aware that the census is still going on, that we still have until September 30th to respond. You could do so via via the internet, but also there's an 800 number you can call and there's people who speak multiple languages and you can still mail in your, your questionnaire, but we need to do this as soon as possible in the next couple of weeks because we have only four weeks left. So clearly, um, this is this an extremely important uh, count. I mean, not more so than any other year, but it is extremely important to get a complete count for New Mexico. Um, I'm curious, um, the Fair, Accurate, Fair and Accurate Census Act was announced at the end of May by the House Committee on Oversight and Reform. Is that act on the table or or what's going on with that? Has it been shut down? I, I mean, I, we've said how the, the deadline has been pushed, but what what is going on with all of these? I regret, I, I'm not very familiar with that one in particular, but if the effort in general is trying to make sure that we do everything in our power to get an accurate count of every single person living in this country and in every single state, then absolutely that needs to be um, front and center. And we need to consider um, if New Mexico has historically been one of the states that has one of the highest undercounts, then maybe we need to start this count a little sooner rather than waiting until March or April maybe we need to start in january i know that this is done for alaska for uh, the same reasons because it is difficult to reach a lot of households that may not have a physical address and of course the severe um, weather conditions there might make it challenging to try to reach people in spring so we need to get creative about how if we know already that there is a reason why some states have more um, barriers in getting an accurate count how could we proactively plan for that for 2030 so that we mitigate 
that predictable undercount. Yeah. Um, I saw a very judicious article in the Silver City Daily Press last week, and it pointed out uh, a lot of problems that the census is dealing with right now. You know, it talked about a lack of enumerators, it talked about lack of training, lack of supervision that some of the enumerators felt they were getting, um, technical difficulties, they were doing them on, you know, iPhones or iPads, and then not to mention COVID and the health concerns. Um, These problems aren't unique to New Mexico, are they? And um, I'm really kind of struggling to understand if everyone knows how important a census count is why are we rushing or pushing to get inaccurate results you know i I don't understand um if so much is writing on this count why can't we wait or make sure that we get an accurate count well it is about power dynamics it's politics and as i said um what we are going to need to do is organize and recognize that for um, this current census, I'm not sure if there's any effort to extend the deadline because we're up against the clock, right? We only have a month left, but that we absolutely create legislation so this never can happen again. That if, if for some unforeseen reason, we have the kinds of challenges that we've had this year in 2020 with the pandemic, that we are not allowed to truncate deadlines arbitrarily because it's politically expedient to do so, that that is considered a civil rights violation and that there's legislation in place to make sure that that cannot happen again. The other um, concern I have, and I mentioned this earlier, is the civil rights use of this data. So currently the census asks about two concepts and one question. What is your race or origin? And that way of phrasing the question does not allow us to capture the real differences and lived experiences of people who are seen as visible minorities and those who may not be seen as visible minorities. So one one thing that I would want to happen is that we actually do census um, design testing that really is paying attention to the color line in this country and the fact that there is still discrimination that goes on Uh, uh, based on what you look like or what I call street race. And and the question should really emphasize that we're not asking you who you feel connected to or what your ancestry is, but if you were walking down the street, what race do you think others who do not know you would assume you were when you go look for that apartment, when you go vote, when you show up at the emergency room? That is a data point that helps us understand if people who look like um, Ricky Martin, or David Ortiz, or George Lopez, who are all Latinos, they're all Hispanic, but look very different. One would be racialized as black, one would be racialized as brown, i.e. Mexican or indigenous, and the other person would be identified as very light-skinned or white-looking, that we would have data that would help us understand if one is experiencing an injustice that the other one may not. So again, um, I do have many concerns about the way in which um, race data for civil rights enforcement is being conflated with origin when these are two totally different measures. And again, this is part of colorblind racism, pretending that color doesn't matter anymore. And we know every day, all the studies and every discipline document that there are injustices based on what you look like or what I call street race. So do you think the census will definitely be changing in the future? If we organize and we demand, 
Yes, I think that we we definitely can, particularly given the social movements that are going on about the injustices that are happening, the anti-blackness, etc. I think that we can make the case that the next time the census designers um, create a research protocol for what how we are going to phrase these questions on race, that they actually use the social science evidence from many different fields, from public health to voting rights to education to housing that shows that race and origin are not the same thing. It's not the same as if you take a DNA test, that race is a social status that represents a relationship of power that is often assigned based on what you look like. Not how you identify necessarily, but what you look like. And that is different than tribal status, that is different than um, origin or ancestry. Different questions require different um, measures. We would not ask about gender, and sexuality in the same question. We wouldn't ask about income and educational attainment in the same question. And we should never ask about race or origin in the same question. But that's precisely what the census has done. Is it a change that we could see by 2030 or? Absolutely. And the, and the fact is that there have been multiple attempts to point this out to the Census Bureau, not only by myself, but many other um, researchers across many disciplines that say the fact that you are asking about tribal status, ancestry or origin, and race in one question is untenable. It will lead to useless data because it will not allow us to understand if people are experiencing violations in civil rights and access to opportunity based on what they look like. So yes, if we organize and if we file a case with the Government Office of Accountability you know, on the Hill and say, why is the sense, what is the census afraid of? What do they think they will find when we actually measure these things differently and understand that people who may come from the same country but look very different are experiencing um, injustices based on what they look like or what I call street race. And I did write a piece for the conversation.com that has over 60,000 downloads called The Census Bureau Keeps Confusing Race and Ethnicity that um, talks about why that is so important. So yes, if we organize and if we make it clear that decisions should be based on the, so the preponderance of social science evidence, we may see a change in 2030, but we have to organize right now because the testing starts probably in a year or two. So my last question for you is, anyone listening to this, what do we do? How do we organize? How do we help put changes you know, on the table? So first and foremost, recognizing that we only have a month until the last day that we could actually fill out the census, think about five to 10 people that are either your neighbors or part of your family network or friends network that may or may not have filled out the census, call them, um, pick up the phone, maybe put a post or a text, do your social media and say, hey, have you filled out the census? The last day to be counted is September 30th. And this is going to determine not only the funding and resources that we have for education, health, housing, roads, but also representation in not only federal, but local um, government. And it is a civil rights issue. These data also help us understand whether or not we are making progress and creating a more perfect union for all. So I would urge each of you to think of five to 10 people, particularly those that 
may be afraid because they think that maybe there's a citizenship question and they may or may not have papers or particularly those that might think, well, you know, I'm just a roommate, you know, I shouldn't fill it out. Well, you need to be counted or, oh, I'm not going to count my kids because it's only about adults. No, we absolutely need to count all, every single person. It doesn't matter if you have a 90 year old in the household or a one month old, everyone needs to be counted. So, um, please think of those five to 10 people as you go walking your dog <laughs> that you bump into and mention the census and, Hey, have you, um, done the census or your neighbor, maybe it's in your place of worship or your neighborhood association, your social media, everyone can do something. Sarun, do you have anything you want to ask? Mm, also like the source of uh, where the census and why to do census comes from. It's like in the second paragraph or the first paragraph of the constitution, you know, and the right to free speech, you know, however important that is, it's, it's a, a sticky note, it's afterthought, but census is in the first two paragraphs. It's really important when people founded this country, they wanted to know how much we represent that's part of being in the democracy, right? Without a doubt, it is about creating a more perfect union for all, we all count. Well, I think that about wraps it up for us here at Enchanting Economics in New Mexico. Don't forget to check us out at Beaver, that's B-B-E-R or on social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn under at UNM Beaver. Thanks for listening, everyone. Take care, and please, if you haven't, fill out your census.